Welcome to PICGO Happenings. I'm your host, Diana McFarland. I'm here to give you a front row view of county government. So I'm here with Ben Meeks, who is the chief of Gretna Fire and Rescue. Ben, thanks for being here. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. So to start out, if you just kind of want to tell me a little bit about yourself, kind of how you got involved in, in fire and rescue and specifically with, with Gretna here in Pennsylvania County. I've been with Gretna Fire and Rescue now for 11 years. Started as a junior member when I was in high school, a 16-year-old. Mm-hmm. They had a junior member program at Gretna Fire Department, and all my friends were, were trying it out, were doing it, and it looked like something that was fun. I didn't know it would lead to one day being the chief, but mm-hmm. I've just kind of progressed through the steps and I held multiple positions at the department. And here I am today as chief. And I understand that, well, I mean, I remember writing about this when I was with the the paper. You know, in, in 2018, the fire department and the, the volunteer rescue squad were separate agencies. So, you know, the fire department, they were answering all their calls, responding when, when they were dispatched to calls. EMS side, not so much. And I, I mean, I have the number here that it was about 32% of, of calls were answered yes, by the, the rescue squad in 2018. So can you talk to me about kind of what, what was the reasoning for the difficulty in being able to respond to calls? Why, why were so many calls missed? And then also just kind of explain, just so people understand, what happens you know, if your agency doesn't respond to a call, what happens then? Absolutely. Yeah, so the fire department was maintaining 100% of its calls, uh, you know, covering the calls that was dispatched. The EMS side was struggling a lot more. And it's a lot of things that plays into that. One, uh, getting your EMS certification. It's like 180-some hours now and all these clinicals and stuff. And then you have to keep uh, continuing ed hours up, CE hours. Uh, so it's it's not easy to become an EMT. It mm-hmm. takes a whole lot of dedication and sacrifice. So getting volunteers in and getting them trained to the level and then keeping them there, that's difficult. And then, you know, volunteering has been on a decline across our nation for several years now. Right. The agency there in Grutna is the busiest in the county. So the just the sheer call volume that we get is so high and your turnaround rates now, the ER in Grutna has been a blessing to us. Mm-hmm. We used to have to transport just a few years ago before the, the uh, hospital there in Grutna was built all the way to Lynchburg or Danville or Rocky right. Mount or Halifax. And so you would have three, four hours tied up to one call. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you would be on a call and a second or third call would come out. The The climate today of jobs don't let people just leave and go go run rescue anymore like they used to. Right. People paying their bills and stuff, so mm-hmm. they don't have as much time to dedicate towards volunteering as they do having to work and work all these extra hours. It's it's a complex issue. Right. Now, as far as the way it works, when dispatch here in the county, they send a call to, uh, let's say, Grutna. If mm-hmm. we don't have a crew to answer it, then it has to go to a mutual aid department. And so we work well with our mutual aid departments and with mm-hmm. the county staff, and we appreciate those guys backing us up, and we back those guys up. But it does tax the system, so it's a longer response time, longer time to get to the patient, and it's just taxing on the system because they may get a call in their area as soon as they get to our area for our call. And so then somebody's got to come back them up if they don't have a second truck. So it, it, the best case scenario is cover the call. Mm-hmm. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. I've been covering this both with the paper and then working here. I mean, I've, I've seen that firsthand, the, the struggle it is to have to have enough volunteers. And one of the, the big, I guess, reasons for the, the turnaround that you guys have had over the last several years, which we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit, was merging the two departments. They became one, Gretna Fire and Rescue. So talk to me about kind of what was the thinking behind merging and how, how that's helped? Absolutely. So there were several members that were members of the rescue squad and they were members of the fire department. But again, these were completely two separate organizations with two separate administrations, two sets of rules and bylaws. 
back, I guess it was like 2017, we really started seeing the heavy decline in our call coverage, and we mm-hmm. knew we had to do something. So the rescue squad and the fire department kind of got together and said, you know, how can we improve this? And so we started off with just an affiliation agreement, and we agreed to work together because at the end of the day, fire, rescue, police, all these dispatch, all of us are one team, mm-hmm. and we have to work together. We, we recognize that if we started putting our assets together and putting our manpower together, you know, we had a little bit on one side, a little bit on the other. But if you put them together, you got you got a lot bigger pool to pull from. Right. And so we started with the affiliation agreement, and that went on, I would say, a good probably year. And we've seen some improvement. The writing was on the wall. So we said, look, we need to to better serve our community. You know, that's what we're here for ultimately at the end of the day is to get into care to our, to our citizens mm-hmm. and, and providing them the service. We need to put this thing together as one. We need to we need to merge it as one. And there's a lot of good benefits when you have two agencies together like that that can offer fire and rescue. It opens up your pool of recruiting volunteers mm-hmm. and members. So it just gives them a better opportunity to get out and, and do what they signed up for. And, you know, we were able to combine our assets, our fleets, our personnel. So it was just kind of a a no-brainer. At first, it was a lot of bumps in the road. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of legwork that went into it, but everybody supported it. They seen the good that was going to come out of it. And I just want to brag on my agency just a little bit. You know, we merged in 2019, June 2019. And then in 2020, we won the Western Virginia EMS Council Agency of the Year Award Mm -hmm. and was nominated for the state-level award. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, as you, as you mentioned, you guys have one of the largest first due territories in of any agency in the county. So you're you're responding to, especially for for EMS, I need more calls than than any other agency in the county. So that's that's a lot of call volume to deal with. And I know, I mean, as you mentioned, recruiting has gone well, and you guys have done a really good job with that. But I know you've also brought on some paid staff to help cover the gaps because, as you said, people can't always just leave their jobs. So talk to me about that and kind of what what was the thinking behind that and how that's how that's impacted how things go. Our call volume in 2020 we averaged five calls a day for EMS. Mm-hmm. That doesn't add into fire. And last year we were the second most dispatched agency in the county for fire as well. So the call volume is crazy. We are doing a really good job recruiting and maintaining our volunteers. When you're averaging five calls a day, even with the stipend program and different things we were doing, we still was not to that level we wanted to be at. Right. A lot of the agencies across the country, volunteer agencies, are having to go to some sort of paid staffing. And mm-hmm. so we researched it. We started off just hiring one person, but we seen a tremendous increase because we were able to take that one career provider and you know partner them with a volunteer, and it's a lot easier to get one driver or one EMT versus having to find two. Right. We've actually grew our paid staff to five full-time people now. Okay. So 24-7 now in the town of Gretna, and our first due and second and third due that we help uh, back up other agencies, you're going to have a truck in service all the time, ready to respond at a moment's notice. Our volunteers, they still play a huge role in our mm-hmm. response. We had 27 volunteer members respond to an EMS call last month. Mm-hmm. So we still have a large volunteer pool. And with five calls a day, you need that. Right. Because a lot of times the career truck will be out on a call already. And so the volunteers can come and back them up. So it's just been a great, a great thing. So we ultimately set out in our first year merged with just one career staff person. We wanted to get to 50% call covered Mm -hmm. and we were able to get to 75 plus. So we started growing that gradually. And like I said, we're up to five now and our fireside, you know, I do want to reiterate that uh, is 100% Mm -hmm. volunteer. We no career staff responds to fire calls. That's all volunteers. The EMS world, like I said, five calls a day, you know, it's, it's just a whole lot to ask of volunteers 
um, to try to cover that on their own. So, because right. you almost have to have five. I mean, depending on when they're coming, you almost have to have different people running the calls because they could be happening at the same time. Exactly. And, yeah. yeah, that's that's the biggest thing, and and we're really trying to not tax the system as much as possible because it's this is a issue for the entire country as EMS calls are on the rise. Mm-hmm. I know uh, Chris Slump, our public safety coordinator. He, he talks to us a lot about that, that the EMS response, I mean, EMS dispatches this year are just constantly trending upward. Right. And so that's that's not going to go backwards. Mm-hmm. And that's cool what you're saying, the way that your, your volunteers and paid staff work together, which, I mean, is the same idea for our public safety staff working with working with you guys and all the other agencies in the counties. They're sort of there to, to help and fill in the gaps when they're needed Absolutely. and to, to work alongside the volunteers. By no means are they a replacement for the volunteers. They are there to work alongside of them, which with the call volume we're seeing is, is how it has to work. Yeah, that's that's one thing I, I've tried to reiterate to my guys and, and to the uh, surrounding departments and stuff. And I forgot this at the beginning, but I'm also uh, on the Fine Rescue Commission mm-hmm. as well. And and that's one thing I just want everybody to understand is if we can work together as one team, the volunteers very much have a place in this county. They very much yes. do a wonderful service. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I've been a volunteer myself for 11 years. We still I still get on a truck and ride to uh, rescue calls at least once a week now still. And it's one of those things, the volunteers, they offer not only savings to the county financially, because, uh, you know, the county only has three trucks. So right. obviously they would have to have more trucks if they had to cover this whole county. Mm-hmm. They'd have more staff, more more salary, and more ultimately tax increases for the our citizens to cover all that. So the volunteers, they play a major role there. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's one thing I've wanted to hammer home to our department and to the departments across the county. The public safety career staff, for the county, absolutely has its place. It's needed, but absolutely, 100%, our volunteers are needed, and I don't think they're going to go anywhere anytime soon because it's 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 a great service that that we're able to provide for this county. I'm very proud of the volunteer agencies in this county and the improvements that they've made over the last few years. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I 100% agree with what you're saying. That the public safety staff, the the paid staff, and and the volunteers they they coexist. They work together. They're for the same purpose, and neither. I guess neither should be threatened by the other. Those are those are two things that work together, as you said, to, to serve the common good and to, to serve the public and provide a, a very essential service. Earlier, you'd been talking about recruiting and how that has been going well, especially since you guys merged. What's been working? How have you guys been able to recruit, even even when it is difficult, as you said, nationally and across the state to, to yeah. find volunteers? Since we merged, we were, we've seen that when people come, a lot of times I'll have somebody come and put in an application or kind of come down and say, hey, I'm kind of interested. And so we started a 30-day trial program at Gretna. It's kind of like a ride-along program. Mm-hmm. So for 30 days, you know, you, you come down, we, we sign you up or whatever, so you're covered, um, and you're not allowed really to do anything but just observe. But for right. those 30 days, you get on the truck, and you can ride with our career staff. You can also get on a fire truck and ride to fire scenes. Like I said, again, you have to pretty much stay just kind of to the side, right. it's, mm-hmm. you know, safe and out of the way. But it allows people to see if this is really for me or not because it mm-hmm. takes a special kind of person to be a volunteer, uh, especially doing fire and rescue because mm-hmm. it's so much commitment and training, so much commitment to call coverage. And, and, and let's face it, you're not – you know, you're going to someone's worst day right. of their life. So you see a lot of bad stuff and you just have to take a special kind of person. Once they see that and they don't really like that, you know, hands-on stuff or they don't like what they're seeing or they don't think they can handle it, then we offer them an associate membership type uh, platform so they can become an associate member, which is like a support member. Hmm. They mm-hmm. help with fundraising. They help with, you know, set up our meetings and our trainings. 
they help with uh, bringing rehab to scenes right. or anything on the back side, mm-hmm. you know, behind the scenes. And then the the last thing is I've just noticed when you have more opportunities for the ones that want to serve and they want to do and they're there for the right reasons, they want to run these calls. You know, when you have one, we have a high call volume. So that offers for people that want to get their hands wet, want to get their hands dirty, whatever you want to say. We have, we can afford that opportunity to Mm -hmm. them to get out and get on calls and use their training. And also having the two agencies put together, we've seen that a lot of times. We'll get somebody that joins up and they'll say, I just want to do EMS, EMS only, never want to do fire or vice versa. In fact, I... I first joined, I just joined the fire department. I always mm-hmm. said, I'll never do EMS. It's just not my thing. <laughs> right. And then gradually, you, you kind of get interested and you get to see it. And especially now that we're one organization, mm-hmm. these guys and girls see these trucks go out or they see the trainings going on and they see these hands-on skills and stuff. And they get really interested and they say, well, maybe that's something that I, I want to do. I want to try that out and they'll end up changing their membership status from just EMS or just fire mm-hmm. to doing both. And we've actually seen a, a, some several people that have taken that and ran with it and mm-hmm. done a really good job and went and got their training. So um, we've been excited about, about our growth. Um, you know, that comes with challenges, of course, you know, the biggest thing is keeping people in turnout gear, keeping people in air packs, you know, EMS supplies and things of that nature, uniforms and stuff. But that's a good problem to have if mm-hmm. you have too much help. Right. So. No, absolutely. You know, our board of supervisors, the Fire and Rescue Commission, see good work that you guys are doing. And, and I know the funding structure has been shifted a lot this year for how Pennsylvania County tax dollars are invested in the volunteer stations to make it more about call volume and how, how many calls are actually being responded to. Um, and I mean, you guys are at the top of the list, which which speaks to the the amount of calls that you're covering and the the area that you're covering. I mean, I, I really appreciate you being here to talk today, talk about all of this. This is one of my favorite things to talk about. I've, I've never been personally involved in, in fire and rescue, but just covering it from the outside, I think it's really interesting. And yeah, I guess really cool to see the creative solutions that, you know, you guys are having pay some of your staff, but still work with volunteers or having for the county, you know, bringing in some paid staff to sort of supplement. But Ben, I mean, is there, is there anything else that you would want to add or think it's important that people know? I appreciate your time for letting me be here. And I just um, and, and I appreciate the board being supportive of us and increasing our funding and things like that. Yeah, I appreciate all, all, everybody in the county that's been working together, and I'm, I'm I'm thankful to be here where I'm at, and glad to see improvements across the county in fire and rescue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, thanks for being here. We appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you for listening to Pitco Happenings. I hope you learned something informative. If you have a question or want to make a comment, give me a call or send a text to four three four. 489-8739.